Welcome back everybody to our seventh episode in our podcast on psychotherapy from the grassroots level. I'd like to apologize again for last week's podcast as I'm aware that it was shorter than normal and the uh, sound may not have been great. There was a problem with the microphone. I'd also like to thank everybody for their contribution uh, of suggestions and ideas uh, through our email. So let's get down to this week. What I'd like to take a look at, or at least a closer look at, are the seven basic emotions. Now I'm aware that I won't get to all of them today, obviously, but I hope to take one or two, depending on how the timing goes, um, but begin with the, starting with fear, and maybe touch into a little bit of, of anger, because I think they're the most basic emotions that are around us that we step out of so what is an emotion an emotion can be described as a complex experience of consciousness body sensation and behavior and these reflect the personal significance of a thing an event or wherever we find ourselves. I think it was Aristotle that wrote, emotions change men as to affect their judgments and are also attended to by pain or pleasure. How true. So let's have a look at a couple of them in a little bit more detail. So let's take fear, for example. Now, I'm only going to give the basics of each one as it would take way too long uh, because of the complexities of each emotion. Um, And I could be here till I'm 90 trying to explain one emotion. So, and I don't have that much time. So, I'm hoping it will, by giving you the basics, it'll give you enough to begin to question when any of these emotions touch you. So what is fear? Fear is a primitive and powerful emotion. A, have a, um, a biochemical response to danger or to a threat of harm, whether that threat is physical or psychological. So what that basically means is it can stem from real threats or from an imagined threat, the chemical reaction will be the same. Fear can also be symptomatic to some mental health issues, such as panic attacks, social anxiety, phobias, and in a lot of cases, the background to post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, as we commonly know it. Now, there are four reactions to fear. And we call them the four F's. And the four F's are flight, fight, freeze, and fawn. This is entirely individual, even though it has the same basic chemical mix. And although one person's reaction to it may be perceived as either positive or negative, depending on the person. 
some of the symptoms that can occur from a physical point of view are the likes of chest pain, um, chills, dry mouth, nausea, a rapid heart rate, maybe having a problem breathing, cold sweating, shaking or trembling. Now, along with the physical symptoms around fear, you can also experience psychological symptoms of being overwhelmed, upset, or even feeling like you're out of control. But let's go back a little bit to the four Fs. Fight, flight, freeze, or fawn reactions. To fight is to confront. Flight is to run away. To freeze is to find yourself incapable of moving or acting. And to fawn is to surrender to the threat. Now with all of these reactions, the basic goal is to lessen or to minimise, to end, or avoid the danger that we perceive at that moment. So that peace and calmness and control can be gained or regained. Now one has to remember that our physical response happens almost immediately upon sensing a threat especially a physical threat. A part of the brain begins to process where the senses are rapid or fast changes in the nervous system. And then that sets off a fight or flight mode. So our heart rate might speed up. Blood pressure goes up. You begin to sweat. Your muscles begin to get tense. You begin to shake. Your blood sugar can go skyward until finally you run or you fight. Now, of course, with the physical response in the body, you also have the psychological responses in the mind. And with both of these, they increase the level of nervousness, which increases the intensity of your fear or your anger or whatever the emotion might be. So it speeds up the possibility of your flight or your fighting. Or your mind can become so empty or blank that you can't think of what to do and therefore you freeze or fawn. So how can we familiarize ourselves with our responses? First of all, it is important to understand that the choice that we make comes down to what we believe. So, for example, if I believe I'm strong and capable and able-bodied to conquer the situation or the threat, then I'm going to fight. Now, if I have the opposite belief system, I'm going to fly. I am going to run away. I'm going to leg it out of that threat as fast as possible. However, if I believe that I can't win or save myself from doing either staying or running, then I freeze. I can't do either. Now the fawning response is when I believe I can't fight or run, but must do something. So I choose to go along with the threatening person, trying to win over that person. 
Now, it is one thing to be able to understand our reactions when we feel fear. However, what can be extremely helpful to change our choices is to be able to recognize each of them. So, for example, if I'm in flight mode, I believe a threat can be overcome by running. So your brain begins to give signals to your body in preparation. Like you start to fidget or, or get tense. You may move your legs and your feet in a restless manner. You may exercise to excess. And you may even feel trapped. Your brain tells your body it begin has to tighten. Your jaw may begin to grind. You may glare at people or talk with anger. Your stomach begins to get tired, tied in knots. And you may experience a burning sensation internally. Like you're becoming overheated from the inside. And you may even cry. I want to punch somebody or something. Freezing, of course, is when you think neither fight nor flight will solve the issue. But just look at the following and see why you might stay in the freeze mode. You might experience a coldness within your body or have numbness in different parts of your body. There might be a stiffness or a heaviness to your body. Your heart may be thumping or pounding. Your heart rate might actually go down. Or you may even find that your brain telling you that you must tolerate the stress. So what happens if we have chosen each of these at different times and none of them seem to work? Well, that's when you go into fawning. We learned earlier, it's when we believe we have no other choice. So if you have come from a situation of abuse or a narcissistic relationship, compliance and helpfulness may have been the only way that you were able to cope. Now we can spot this if we look at a situation where somebody has treated us badly on a regular basis. Yet we are still more concerned about making them happy and on side instead of doing what is best and right for ourselves. Now don't get me wrong in all this because each of these reactions have their place in certain situations. For example, if there is an immediate danger to me, then I need to be in flight mode. I may need to run. However, the problem for most of us is that we react one way when in fact one of the other reactions might be better for us and more appropriate. For example, if we fight an unwinnable battle, then why not use flight instead? It may be the right way to deal with that situation. Now, of course, we can also get stuck in two reactions, which means that 
will not have the flexibility to adapt to different situations. For example, if you come from um, a situation where daily physical threats like domestic violence, then your body and belief system will rely on that habitual reaction instead of being able to choose an appropriate response for each situation. Because you will judge every situation like you have always judged your abuse situation. So you're not going to be in the frame of mind to make an appropriate choice. Goes for those who've been emotionally or psychologically abused. You may even fall into perceiving a threat where there is none. If I don't have a complete understanding of a situation, you might have a stressed reaction to just one detail of that situation. So if you think there's a threat, then your brain will set off a chain reaction so that your body will react with the flight, fight, freeze or fawn reaction. And that is whether or not the threat is real. And in this situation, it is always an inappropriate reaction. However, we all tend to prefer one or two reactions overall. These come from repeatedly using them. So by understanding each reaction, you can learn patterns of behavior within yourself. And this can lead to you making a different and more appropriate response to any given situation. Here are just a couple of combinations that we use on a regular basis. They're also called, which I think is very apt, hybrid patterns. Actually, they remind me of um, those new cars where you have the combined electric and diesel or electric and petrol. I think it's a, it's a, good, it's a good way of expressing it. So, the first pattern is the fawn and fight. And that is where we're controlling threats in a coercive or manipulative way. Number two is to fawn and freeze. Where we take on to be the victim by surrendering to the threat. Number three, to fawn and flight, where we avoid the threat by becoming invaluable to the situation. And number four, flight, freeze, where we avoid the situation by focusing on something, another situation, anything other than the one we're in. Now, there are many, many more combinations that we use. They're the top four. Now, all of these reactions come from stress and the level of stress that we feel. But stress happens automatically. 
when we're in a situation that we have no control over or that we feel we have no control over. So what do we do? It's a good question. So we have to find healthier ways to express our emotion. Learn healthier ways to stay in touch with our inner self. And learn to befriend that inner child that reacts inappropriately. To begin with, you can start looking at situations from a real perspective, from the reality of the situation, or from the adult part of you, which is the rational, logical side. Learning how to calm yourself or to do something. One of the most basic ways to do all this is first learn to breathe properly. When we learn to breathe properly, it actually slows down our brain as well as our body. And in order to do that, maybe we need to take on some mindfulness classes to get us into the rhythm of ourselves. We might need to take up more constructive ways to give and allow expression of these emotions, especially around fear and anger. But it has to be done safely. In other words, we need to do study on ourselves. Now, how do we do that? A lot of people seem to think that talking to a friend can help. And I have no doubts that it can. But you have to remember that if you're acting out of your stressed area, maybe your friend is too. You cannot do this when you're in the middle of a situation. But if the situation or threat passes, for now, that is the time that we can learn different responses or choices that will help diminish or lessen our inner fear. I've often heard people say, I react the way I react, what else can I do? There's so much you can do. If you feel unable to do it by yourself, then ask for help from somebody. So you need to go to somebody and have somebody, one who's not connected with the situation that you're in, and two, who doesn't have any other reason except to help you. I'd like to give you a starting point Uh, to the emotion of anger. It can be seen or defined as a strong impulse of annoyance, hostility, antagonism. It can also be understood as a secondary emotion. It is a reaction in response to other emotions having been triggered before it. It is the main emotion that is needed to help the fight reaction. And we use it as a protective cover or mechanism when dealing with a real or imagined threat. And it tends to be behavioural. Now, however, not everybody shows their anger. Some people do. 
and they can get angry by showing it in in like a quick temper like snapping at people or being hot-headed some can be passive-aggressive however others bottle it up until it's almost um, unrecognizable and they explode and they let it out in such a rage while others turn their anger inwards and become withdrawn or can isolate themselves which can lead to depression self-harm food food disorders we all feel anger at some point in time but do we all express it in the same way no we don't we express it differently to different degrees we can get angry over so many issues for example unjustified treatment hearing a criticism sometimes just from not getting our own way and there are many more situations like that even like the one of somebody cutting you off in your car going ahead of you in the line at Tesco's they don't have to be big things to make you angry our anger can go from a mild irritation to frustration to complete outright rage and would you believe that boredom can also be considered a mild version of anger I can hear you asking the question how can boredom be a form of anger because it is a form of dissatisfaction with whatever is happening I spoke earlier that anger can be seen as a secondary emotion because normally one of the other primary remote emotions like fear or sadness can be underlying the anger fear includes the likes of anxiety and worry while sadness comes from our experience of disappointment and discouragement and of course loss fear and sadness can be quite uncomfortable for most people because it makes us feel vulnerable and not in control therefore we try to avoid the sadness and the fear in any way possible and sometimes with that it gives us a boost of uh, almost immediate energy which will take our focus away from the fear and sadness thank you very much for joining me today i will continue along the same lines with the anger um, next week and give you a little bit more to it wishing you all a very pleasant week stay healthy stay safe namaste